How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling spot WRSTLING. It's all of the graps, but without the E. Of course, me and G, we're not anti E, we're simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam, joined as always by Gareth. Well, for the interview and doing the editing, he's here really. I'm just doing the intros and outro solo. You know how it goes scheduling anyway we've got a big one for you this week and by big i mean amazon big as we're joined by seedling star and brit abroad aisha raymond this one came about uh in part due to we put out a tweet a while back asking for some suggestions or who you'd like us to try and get an interview with amazon's name came up a few times so we thought we'd reach out and thankfully she was very happy to oblige i'm just going to pull the curtain back here we absolutely loved this conversation it was so much fun um, Aisha was an incredibly open and funny and willing guest, just very giving. And uh, I learned an awful lot, particularly about transitioning to Japanese culture, which is one of the threads with our interviews that I really enjoy, like learning about how people from different countries across the world have gravitated towards Japan and how they've adapted to the differences in living in Japan. I always find that really interesting alongside the wrestling as well. Anyway, let's get into it. Hope you really enjoy it. Here we go with the Amazon, Aisha Raymond. Ask and you shall receive. We're here today with the Amazon, Aisha Raymond. Welcome very much to the show. Hey, how are you doing? I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just comparing notes about how, how hot our respective locales are. And uh, you, you're in Japan at the second, obviously, and it's uh, it's pretty intense over there right now. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I just got back from the dojo now and I had a cold shower. I sat down and I rethink, re- had to rethink my entire process of what I have to do. <laughs> so I just sat down underneath my air conditioning and just like, it's fine. This is the place that I'm going to stay for the next <laughs> God knows how long. <laughs> oh, man. Is this a bit of a running theme with your trips to Japan? I mean, there's you can get some very hot spells over there, can't you? Yeah, I mean, the last time I was here, um, I decided to basically land during the biggest heat wave since like 18 the 1800s or whatever they said it was and i think it was also the time where like a a certain number of people did actually pass away because of how hot it was that's crazy it was weird like when i got here i did the the most like um, the most gaijin thing you could possibly do in your in your house was I blew my electric. So in my actual room, my air conditioning didn't work for the first two months. So oh, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! I mean, what, what are the venues like over there? Do you get much of the way of air conditioning, or the venues like the the venues have air conditioning? Our mm. dojo has like fans and air conditioning and stuff. It's just like when I got back to my room, I was literally just living in like the living in my living room and in the kitchen for the first two months because it was like <laughs> if I go upstairs. I might die, um, <laughs> or I might not come down. Like the, the weighing the same, and the, you know, yeah. my senpai would be very, very angry. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you actually been back in Japan for? I've been here since May, so it's uh, it's been something four months, almost four months nice. now. So oh, wow. the, yeah. 
Do you have a uh, an idea of when you'll be sort of heading back to the UK or is it indefinite? I am indefinitely contracted here for at least a year. That's what my residence awesome. card says and my residency says. Um, but the last time I was here, I, mm. I will prepare the UK. Uh, they turned around to me and said, well, would you like to stay for another three months? So mm. a three months all became six months and I, I just had to phone my family going, um, yeah, by the way... <laughs> Well, I mean, what an adventure, though, like yeah. getting to go out and wrestle in Japan and then they're obviously so pleased with what you're doing. You're like, mm, do you want to do you want to stay another, you know, quarter of a year? Let me think about that. I don't want to go back and wrestle in a pub. Uh, yes, I will stay here at yeah. main event Corrigan Hall. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's not not the toughest of choices, I'd imagine. Yeah, Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's really wild. You know, you've basically wrestled for the kind of who's who of wrestling out in japan you know stardom ice ribbon sendai girls wrestle one yeah Yeah. you know you've just had the chance to wrestle absolutely everywhere you know that and obviously the japanese fans obviously love what you're doing out there no i mean it's always oh amazon fun sagoi and i'm like yes yes i am great thank you very much what's been your sort of experience so far in terms of navigating the Japanese audience like when you first went over for example was that like a tricky transition or did you sort of fall in love with it immediately Uh, I fell in love with it immediately but it was very like when I first 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 went over way back when in I think it was 2012 um when I wrestled for stardom it it was a very massive culture shock to me Mm -hmm. I was only there for a month but it seemed like I was there for an eternity first it was the first time I was away from my family for a very extensive amount of time especially for wrestling and I the only like experience I ever had with Japan and language was watching anime Mm -hmm. so (laughs) as everyone knows anime Japanese is very different from conversational (laughs) Japanese which you learn slowly when you're out here so Mm. but I was surrounded by a lot of people like Hiroya Matsumoto was is one of my friends and was one of my friends over there um I was staying with a lot of the Esfavation team which included Kelly Skater at the time and and I was just surrounded by so many good people and so many like amazing legends. It was just, it was, it was easy. I think I had an easier run than most people, <laughs> but it was still difficult. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Veteran of the the scene now, though, out there, old hand, know exactly what you're doing. It seems like, but are there still any? waters you have trouble navigating or is it generally just you know you get out there you're just like oh I know exactly what I'm doing or is it if you still got to really think about things I'm fine with like it's weird everybody complains about like the train system over mm. here and I'm like but it, it looks just like London Underground to me I'm like just follow the colors yeah. how do you get how do you get lost um <laughs> but the thing for me is I just don't I've not still gotten used to that sardine can you know millions of people around you effect mm. it's it's different now because of covid but you know I still can't walk through Tokyo station I hate it I will go round it I will go through it I will never get off at Tokyo um and still walking through Sudabashi and like Tokyo Dome City for me sometimes just gives me anxiety but I have to do it um I, and just 
it, it's just being surrounded by so many people. I'm just, mm. I'm still not used to that factor. It's very hard. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's quite dense, isn't it, Tokyo? Yeah, I mean, everybody, it's not a myth. It was the first thing I told my mum when I got back was that you've everyone's seen that video of like the security guards with that little stick thing that shoves people onto the train. That's a real thing. That <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> wow. Like that, and... Like, and the whole, like, even now during COVID, people still kind of cram, especially during rush hour, cram mm. into the trains as, as much as they can and much as they want to. But the, I, I just, no. <laughs> I'm getting anxiety now thinking about it. I can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on then from the transport hey. for sure. <laughs> so what you know given that you've wrestled all over the country now what made you want to commit to seedling this year many many different things it was um i respected the team over here like marissa nakajima is basically she's dubbed one of the most greatest wrestlers ever Mm. to come out of japan and the joshi world so being surrounded by her and to call her my friend and my sister and, and my colleague uh, sometimes my senpai is just amazing. Um, Natsuki, Natsuki, Natsuki Teo. I was going to say Natsuki like a, like a horrible guy. Natsuki <laughs> Teo, the, the inventor of the high speed like wrestling style. You know, I, I get to be around her as someone who sees me as like three times everybody's size over here, but thinks I can move around like her is insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, you know, before she left, Nane Takahashi, like, you you can't get any better than that. Mm. She's not part of Seedling anymore right now. Um, But, you know, just to be around her and to learn from her is amazing. And then you've got the monster of the beast of the monsters, like the fastest monster beast I've ever worked with and ever seen, Yoshiko. And just to see her work and watch her work Mm. is just poetry so that that entire team and to just to be around them when they asked me if I wanted to come over um two years ago um it was amazing just to be part of the group mm. and then just during covid uh they asked if I wanted to be a permanent member but then the world shut down so I had to wait two years oh. <laughs> it was agonizing and now when I get here and I just I get my seedling jersey I get my like I've got Mm -hmm. proper uniform and things I have to turn up to the dojo at you know I've got like a schedule I've got my own house um just to actually be immersed and be part of the company now is sometimes it's just really overwhelming Mm -hmm. and I'm their first international signee like they could have chose anybody no they couldn't because I'm the best and they could have (laughs) chose They could have chosen anybody, and I'm the very first international mm. signee that they've had, and probably are ever going to have. Mm. So it's... that's incredible, isn't it? Wow! Yeah. How do you even process that? That's amazing. <laughs> I haven't processed it yet. I, I sit in my room sometimes, you know, with my strong zero K Faberly, um, <laughs> and just kind of like immerse myself in the life. Like mm. I just, I, I. It, it makes me wonder like I came from staying in an apartment with other people in a dojo and now I'm sitting in the middle of Japan in a house and I'm like, it's, it's, it's mine. Mm. Uh, it's great. Does it really kind of feel like, right, I've made it? Just because you think about all the people that have come before you, international talents out in, out in Japan and now you're you know, almost chief among them. You know, you're heavily featured, you're really coming up in, in seedling. It must just be so exciting to be like, right, you know, I've made it here. I've done it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no ego. It took a, it took me a while. I uh, will say, especially when I got here, it took me a couple of months to realize that it's not 
an egotistical thing when I say this, but it helped me get through my own mental stuff. Yeah. I'm not over here for one match. I'm not over here for two matches and going home. No, I, this is my job. Yeah. I get paid to live, to breathe, to drink wrestling. Yeah. Like I, I, this, this is what I get paid to mm. do. Although I'm not going to go home and work in like Marks and Spencer's or whatever. I'm going to go home for a month, say hi to my mom, say hi to my family, and then mm. come back here and be a professional wrestler. Yeah. So it, it, and like I said, no ego, but I just like I can literally say that to myself, and sometimes it's just like, oh, wow, okay, um, yeah, that's massive. I think it's really important to be able to acknowledge that stuff and sort of see how you know, see how you're doing and how how far you've come. That's that's special. Um, so for your you know, whilst you're out there, what's your what's your day to day actually like? I mean, presumably there's quite a lot of training involved. Mm. Still. Just obviously because there's about seedling run about twice a month. So you know, between that training and you know what what's it what's it looking like? So we've all got keys to the dojo, which is awesome. So I can go to the dojo <laughs> at like three o'clock in the morning if I yeah. want to. Um, it's a twenty minute walk away from the house. Oh, from my house. oh wow! <laughs> I know it's so yeah. lazy. I can't even say I'm caught in traffic. No, it's not true. Um, <laughs> But it literally every day, six days a week, sometimes seven, uh, it's usually one o'clock in the afternoon is dojo practice, is dojo training. Cool. After that, we're free to do whatever we want. We can go in before or after that for as long as we want if we mm. want to. But it's just that's the dojo practice for four or five hours. And then after that, you do what you want. Um, I still have my Anytime Fitness gym membership, which I can confirm for you does work all over the world. So thank you, Anytime <laughs> Fitness, um, which is also a like it's a five minute walk from my house, which is Perfect. cool. But when I go to Anytime Fitness, I have to dress up like a ninja. So it's it's the choice of either going uh, to the dojo or being a ninja. Is it the <laughs> tattoos? Yes, yes, yeah. unfortunately. I, it's I know. such a shame that that's still such an issue, just because I obviously I saw um, Jonah also was sort of complaining about sort of having to be all wrapped up at, at the gym and stuff, you know, and I think it's such a bummer that tattoos are still considered sort of a bit of a faux pas out there. I know, and it's it's weird because you I can see the stairs as well. Like once I forgot my um under armor for my legs mm. and I've got Gex the Gecko tattooed on my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can see this guy on a bike just staring at my legs and I was just like, oh he's admiring my no he's not he's he's checking out Gex. Um <laughs> but it was like it was just it's annoying it, it's annoying and useful at the same time because it mm. is kind of like wearing like one of those sweatsuits so i am burning <laughs> extra calories yeah. but it's the most inconvenient thing ever when you know like you leave your house and i just like tapped my car and i'm like crap my arm i look down and I'm, i see my arm and i'm like oh no i forgot and i have to go <laughs> all the way back it's like oh. just getting those extra steps in you know back to back to the house <laughs> Yeah, because everyone knows I don't like cardio. Um... <laughs> yeah, I can relate. <laughs> it's it's not you. Like as a personal trainer, I can think of many other things you could do apart from running on a treadmill that can give you the same benefit. So no. Um... <laughs> from a like cultural perspective, what are the main takeaways from living in Japan now, and how it's different to living in living in the UK? Um, culturally, you have to understand like there's sometimes my friends and my family will phone me and I've got a pocket wi-fi and I can't answer my phone on the train because you're not supposed to um oh. it's just 
polite thing and etiquette um walking around the street you know if you want to stop and talk you can't stop in the middle of the road like most people do you know you, you get the old biddies in london that like to stop with their dogs in the middle of the road you can't do that over here people look at you funny um, <laughs> um culturally just being polite as well like i've seen um underwhelming like overwhelming politeness especially when it comes to people they don't like like i've noticed there's a there's a japanese smile that you, or a way of talking when you have to talk to somebody that you need to show respect to even if you don't like them and and i now i've worked it out and i'm like oh you don't like that person do you and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's just now the 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 difference between being like really 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 nice to foreigners like some people think it's very um they're very closed off the foreigners of over here my personal experience again it's the rest of the world so it's a different bubble i've always been quite welcomed like there hasn't been a circle uh, or a, um, a trip or an invitation that i haven't got people have always been very very nice yeah. to me um very accepting very very patient which is nice and you know i can understand a lot of japanese but my problem is response um connecting words together to me is still very difficult mm, so usually they'll look at me and go amazon daijoubu nihongo daijoubu i'm like yes just it's it's okay you can speak it's fine i don't find it rude you just have to speak slowly if you want me to listen that's that's <laughs> the only thing you have to understand <laughs> Are you still actively learning Japanese or is it more of like a, a passive thing that you, you get whilst you're out there? I've got a book. I've got loads of books, actually. That's a light A book. I've mm. got three apps on my phone um, <laughs> and I try to speak to people as much as I try. It's because um, I've, I've learned now, like there's a lot of, from my other trips before, they, everyone will speak to you, but there is a lot of silence because it's not that they don't want to communicate with you. It's that they're afraid of almost embarrassing themselves because they can't communicate with you and to me it's exactly the same way so i want to show respect to them especially as i'm living in yeah. the country it's like mm. so i have to learn your language like even though that most of the the see most of the guys that see they want to practice their english so sometimes i don't get a choice <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah that, that must be really incredible because you know not only are you you're doing what you want to do but you're also picking up these sort of I suppose sort of life skills in a way like learning a second language is one of those things that particularly in England we're always like yeah we'd like to do but never get around to doing so to almost get that by osmosis is pretty special mm. I mean like sometimes I feel a bit stupid because I went to my high school was a language college and I always said to my teachers, ah, I'm never going to need it. I'm never going to leave England or I'm just going to go to America. It's fine. And <laughs> one of my teachers found me on Facebook the other day. And literally, she said, I remember when you said you would oh. never need it. <laughs> <laughs> That's some top level trolling right there. Good, good job. <laughs> It's great mm. though. She did congratulate me because she always said, "I remember when you said you wanted to be a professional wrestler." Uh -huh. Yeah, and you told me it was never going to happen. Yes, I remember you. Um, <laughs> you told me I should speak to the careers office and find something else, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That is good stuff. Really love that. And then, um, so we've got some some sillier questions we we like to ask as well. I think this would be a good, you know, because some of them are kind of a little bit japan centric so i think we should uh roll the dice on those mm. if that's okay with you that's good hit me up okay so 
the one we we like to start with, and this is an important one, is uh, what's your favorite pizza topping? Uh, in general or in Japan? Just just in general, but I'd in love general, to hear the pepperoni. Japanese version as well. Yeah, pepperoni. Yeah. Oh, the Japanese version is those. I don't know what to call them, but they're these little white fishes. There's <laughs> this tiny, like little tiny midget white mm. fishes that they put on pizzas. It tastes amazing. I can't remember what they're called. I'll get back to you and okay. put them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll add it to the, we can add that to the, the tally. We keep track of everybody's everybody's answers. It's interesting. We've just had we've had quite a few people come back with pineapple recently, which is... Ugh, demons, kill them all, psychopaths. Two in a row, yep. It's been crazy. Anthony Green and Jack Morris, both out in Japan at the second as well. Both, both stumped no. with pineapple. Psychopaths, right? bad lads. Yeah. <laughs> Those Noah boys, you can't help it. But it's... Yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> to be fair, like, my, my partner has olives and pineapple on his pizzas. So, um... Oh, wow, that's a mix olives and pineapples. He said it was something in, I think, it, is it? Um, no, what, what TV show was it on? It was on a TV show, I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, and just staying on the subject of food. What are your go-to 7-Eleven snacks out there? Ah, uh, well, snack or just go-to. Yeah, just go-to, yeah. Zero, always the Strong Zero. Um, Do you have a favourite flavour of the Strong Zero? Um, I like the lemon. I've gotten used to the lemon flavour now. It's mm-hmm. very refreshing. Or what I found now, which I didn't realise was there before, is that my favourite colour is purple and there is a double grape. Which yeah, extremely happy. That's the one. That's the one I've tried. I went to. Uh, they've got like a, a shop called Japan Center in London, and they kind of sell mm. all food and drink and bits and pieces from from Japan. And yeah, I sort of made a stop in there recently and uh, and tried the uh, the double the double grape. Like I didn't even know it existed. I also found Red Bull Purple. It doesn't <laughs> say what flavor it is. It's just called purple. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Plum things are really popular out there, is my understanding. So I wonder if it's supposed to be like a plum flavor. I don't know. It just worries me that it's just called purple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's dangerous. <laughs> uh, what else do I get? Karage. I love chicken, obviously. Um, what else? I haven't really done a lot of the ramens yet, mm. which I want to. I just because like. Um, I don't want I don't want to explode and become sumo Amazon. So I've, I've, I've stayed away. <laughs> they all look so tasty, but I'm just like I can't. Just give give me until the winter when when the winter comes. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like there's a hell of a lot of interesting snacks to to try out there. I'd be a sort of kid in a candy store. I I just go in and look at the colors sometimes. Like it's like it's potato chips used to be like my kryptonite yeah i can't i can't read like a lot of stuff yet properly mm-hmm. i can recognize amazon i'm easy easy as pie i can write the name um i can recognize some characters yeah but when it comes to like potato chip flavors i literally just play potato chip lottery and just get all the colors mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know what flavor i'm getting until i open it and put it in my mouth have, uh, have you come a cropper yet or have you uh, managed to get it right so far i've done well ish there was a flavor which i'm assuming it was very spicy and then after a while became extremely bitter oh, so weird. i think it was chili and wasabi in the same thing and i hate i cannot do wasabi no i made the mistake of getting like i was making like rice balls and tuna and stuff like as little energy packs mm-hmm. 
and I got a pack of uh, the rice sprinkles that you got from Seven Eleven. Like you can get these little sprinkles that make rice taste better. Yeah. And I got a green packet, which I assumed was seaweed. And I got home and realized I was extremely wrong. Mm. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> sort of opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of flavor, mm. right there. Yeah, that's punchy, right, isn't like, it? Like, oh, but why would you put wasabi on your rice? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about karaoke have you got involved with karaoke since you've been out there and if so what's oh, yeah. your song oh, we're there on a regular basis it's the one thing or one of many things that i love about this evening mm. is they they karaoke is like this thing um they always make me do under the sea so <laughs> I, I am sebastian on a regular basis i get to be sebastian i torn natalie and brogia i love doing torn um we go through all the disney songs so oh, nasty nice. and i together we do a whole new world and it's very beautiful um, <laughs> of course i'm i'm jasmine she she's allowed to she's she could be allowed adorable uh, they've taught me some japanese songs mm. i some i don't know what i'm saying but i know the melodies <laughs> um there's a, one song from run one rock uk um, which they loved doing. And they've taught me like lyrics from that song. Mm. Um, but what's our go-to usually now? It, you, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, the, amazing. Dwayne Johnson song. Just, oh my gosh. That's yeah. one of those songs that it's such an earworm. It gets oh, in your head is. and you can it, it never leaves. Arissa used to do Frozen on a regular basis, but she, <laughs> she, she always did it in Japanese. She, I made her try and do it once mm. in English. I was like, ego, ego challenge. She was like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, but you sang it for so long and you don't know what the words are. How? How is this even possible? <laughs> Who's the best singer out of the seedling lot? Natsuki. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly enough, it would be Mr. Tail. It's Miss Tail. Natsuki is very good. Actually, Natsuki is very good at like entertaining songs. Arissa is her because she's so sweet naturally. She's if you give her any Disney song by any Disney princess, it just makes you cry. Mm. <laughs> That's you know? lovely. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> I feel like there is a, there is a, a YouTube show waiting to happen here with uh, you know oh, dangerous YouTube show <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> what about sort of generally outside of wrestling? Do you have any other hobbies or or interests that people might not know about? Um, I go to I I like wandering around town, especially mm. in Tokyo. I live in Kawasaki at the moment, mm. but I like wandering around Tokyo and finding the different shrines because if you if you're here long enough, you kind of realize that every street predominantly usually has a shrine even if they're kind of really small um so i do like doing that um that I, lovely. I have now got into the float tanks so i want to yeah. really go and see one i've researched about three um they're all unfortunately most of them are closed right now because of the covid stuff mm. um but as soon as um they're open again i will be enjoying a float tank once again <laughs> um uh, and I, I just like walking. Like I, I generally now have got into the mindset of getting lost because if I get lost, I find new things. Yeah, I oh, take a nice. different route every time, and I just get lost. I don't, I don't go the same way home all the time. Mm -hmm. I always try and find a different route home. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a really nice thing to do. To be honest, um, <laughs> right? Let's let's jump back into the wrestling then. So, what, one thing that I'm always really curious about, particularly for international talent in Japan, is what other 
the key differences in the training between where you've trained in the UK and then training in Japan? Like, I guess, you know, it's what they call an MMA different looks, but you know, what, what are the different looks that you get by training in Japan? Um, I would say the difference is usually is because to most of the Joshi, especially it's more of a lifestyle than it is like a job or a hobby, mm. which is, it's very difficult in the UK. And I, I explain to them all the time. It's always why they don't understand. It's not, you can't really make a full-time gig out of wrestling all the time in the UK. It's practically impossible unless you're extremely special. But over here, because it is their lifestyle and it's, they have to live it and breathe it. They take their training extremely seriously. <laughs> mm. So dojo practice everything is conditioning everything is about making your body not bigger not faster but last longer mm -hmm. um they take stretching extremely seriously like i i get in trouble sometimes because i don't stretch and warm up um i, I do get trouble all the time because i don't stretch and warm up um, <laughs> but in terms of everything they take conditioning and looking after your body um extremely seriously and not only that but they don't there's not a, a kind of mind state of excuses over here i'm not saying that you know people at training in the uk and the us are full of excuses but mm. after a while unless it's like your big three and you're training for them if you're training for like a lot of the lower companies a lot of like normal training schools around the, the uk you'll wake up one morning and go oh you know i don't really feel like going today or yeah of course. Uh, you know mm. something hurts a little bit whereas over here if somebody is generally in pain nine times out of ten you won't know but they mm. are broken like yeah or if you ask them like Chota Itai, yeah? they'll, they'll look at you but they won't say yes and they won't say no but you, you'll see them wince and kind of like stagger into rooms they right. the kind of mentality of pushing through a lot of stuff over here is like stamped into every joshi mm. especially like I, i'm not around the men a lot so i don't really know but when, it's, when it comes to the joshis you'll hardly know if they, they will not give up and you'll hardly know if they're in pain so training to them they'll do it like rigorously all the time mm, even gosh. if they're kind of even if they're kind of like sick or whatever, like now, especially with COVID, the sickness is taken extremely seriously. But if they're injured, they will still power through everything. Sure. So it's it's a completely different mentality. Mm. Wow. Okay. That's that's pretty hard. I feel bad because I kind of like take that mentality in with me when I, especially when I go back to the UK yeah. with my training school. And if somebody kind of makes excuses, I go in my head and and. Amazon explodes and shouts at them in my head. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I don't say anything outside because sure. I'm just like, it's it's a completely different world. Like, mm. I can't. But everybody wants to go to Japan, but nobody wants to train the Japan way, is what I always say. Sure. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see more people coming out to Japan now that, you know, the, the barriers are coming down a little bit and coming out to train? I think they, I think they would, but a lot of people, in my opinion, especially of how long I've been in the business now and how I see people train and how I see people act in the UK, everybody will get a, like a culture shock. There is very few people that come over here that are able to survive. Mm. You can come over here for a match, but if you're going to come over here and train and actually try and be part yeah. of the company, um, there's a lot of people who are going to have a, a like strong wake up calls. 
that make me laugh. Um, it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> like, wow. You wanted to, everybody's like, yeah, strong style, then you go over here, you're actually with the people who like invented this shit and you can't even last five yeah. seconds. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a completely different sort of kettle of fish, isn't it? Apples and oranges, you know, but it explains why Japan produces so many super high level mm. talents as well, like with yeah. the style of sort of training, you know, where it is and it, where it is and where it can be your entire life. You know, there is there is the capacity for it to be your full time gig, whereas, you know, just when you're just getting going, there's just there's no way, no how is there really in the UK? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you'll eventually sort of commit to japan or commit the majority of your time to japan or do you foresee still kind of balancing it between uk and, and other countries as well um right now because of where my head is mm. i'm very very comfortable so i might this might be my thing for a yeah. very long time um especially how my mentality has changed like i've spoken a lot to the senpais over here and they're always like amazon nande why why japan why come and mm. and i'm like it's a very different way of thinking over here especially mm. when it comes to wrestling um you take everything extremely seriously where a lot of people are as they say over here appeal only looks only mm. um show show only i genuinely like professional wrestling and i like the art style and i like the commitment to it so for me to actually learn about the art especially being british trained i think that's where it comes from um I enjoy the actual craft of wrestling yeah. rather than coming out there to flashing lights and a smoke machine or getting to go on Twitter and say that I'm a professional wrestler. I generally like professional wrestling. Mm. So uh, I've, I've gotten into probably my mind right now that maybe what Natsuki says to me sometimes, um, she said it in Japanese, so I can't say it in Japanese. She, then she put it on a translator on the phone. She said to me that, Amazon in another life was probably Japanese. And oh, wow. I generally believe that now. <laughs> I generally That's... believe that now. That seems wow. like high praise. Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's special. So I suppose then the the obvious question is what what are the goals then outstanding in terms of your time in Japan? Like what would you like to achieve going forward? Um I obviously I want to get the nice white belt that's here for the main title would be cool. Um I want to help everything that's going on with seedling you know that everything's they've almost kind of rebuilding and building at the same time mm. so i want to make this company you know probably on par with your your big names and your big companies even though to me seedling is one of the big companies yeah um i want my name to be known for everyone like it, as far as i'm concerned i was the original amazon i am the first amazon you know screw your this Amazon's your whatever country Amazon's, you know, mm. there was always one Amazon and it's just always been me. So I want, when somebody says the name Amazon Sun, it's my face that you see. Sure. Um, it's my face that you're talking about. I want that. Um, I think my goal now is just to have what envisioned in my head after 14 years should be. You know, I am a superstar. I know it now because I'm sitting here, but I want everybody else to know that <laughs> again my, it's not my ego i just mm. i'm embracing my ego now <laughs> <laughs> no quite right too absolutely it certainly doesn't hurt that you know just in the in over the period that you've been coming out to japan it's accessing joshi wrestling has become so much more easy for people outside of japan 
I think about sort of the era you were in sort of stardom and it was, you know, not really easy to kind of get a hold of the shows and things like that. And like, you think now, you know, with Stardom World, Seedling, you can stream, TJPW, like all of this sort of wrestling, like people are getting exposed to more and more Japanese wrestling. And uh, if you do well out in Japan, you can be a star around the whole world now. Whereas before it did, it used to be, it felt like it was maybe a little bit more siloed off. Yeah. I mean, like if you if you can make it over here and survive, like mm. again, no disrespect to the people who come over and then do one match or two matches or three matches and then go back home. But if you can make it over here and survive for three months, six months, and then go back and then continue on yeah. with everything that you need to do, it's very it holds something different. It it it, it puts you in a different caliber to mm. everybody else mm. completely. Like there's a over here, like I said, there's a there's a very few people who come over here on the right reasons slash wrong reasons. But one of the reasons why most people are over here is because they actually are talented. Yeah. So if you're able to be over here and like I said, survive, it does hold weight. It means a lot. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, one thing I wanted to check about um, just before we let you go, because you've been very, very generous with your time. So thank you for that. Um, I just wanted yeah, to ask, Am I right? I think he did a bit of acting a couple of years ago. Yes, I did. And it it was weird because it was during the whole COVID stuff. So everything right. was a bit up down. We had to be isolated in the hotel at the same time. Um, but I was in Pennyworth, which is yes. the Batman spin-off for um oh foggy. What was it? I can't even remember. Ah, why have I done this to Alfred. myself? It's Alfred, isn't Alfred, it? Alfred, yeah. thank yeah. you. Sorry, I'm taking too many bumps today. It's <laughs> Alfred's spin-off of how he actually came to be Batman's butler. Yeah. And it's very dark. It's more, it's a lot more dark than it is compared to a lot of the other Batman stuff. And I played Mad Janet Murphy, who was a professional wrestler and an axe-wielding badass, which is kind of cool. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, and beat the ever-living hell out of poor Giselle Shaw as well, from memory. I know. That's so bad for her. <laughs> How did that all come about, though? What was the uh, what was the process like? Um, it was weird. Like, I didn't really do that much social mediaing during the pandemic because I was like, oh, the world is over. Everything's going to, like, end. Like, my career's done. I might as well just give it up now. And from, like, my social media previous posts, they saw the look that I had mm. and thought that it would kind of fit for this character, which was my Janet Murphy, who was kind of embodied. It was weird. She was embodied after, like, almost like a dominatrix and, like, an executioner. Um, so they kind of saw the, the monster gimmick that I had, I think, over in Japan and over everywhere else and thought that was a great match. Um, when I actually came to do the costume fitting, um, I've never told, I've not told many people this story. I think I've said it on one podcast. I walked into the costume room and I just saw all these pictures of like Nazi memorabilia and like Hitler and all these other things. I was just like, what are they going to dress me as? Um, oh, <laughs> I know, but they were... <laughs> They were just taking like the design of the costumes of like like lapels and like yeah. collars and things like that, which was well made me feel better afterwards. But I was just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, but when I actually was doing the the work, I was mainly employed by uh, Marcus Shakershoff, who is part of a stunt company and who is the stunt coordinator for Pennyworth. Mm. And they were actually quite surprised of the scene when I get shots. I didn't have a crash mat. 
I bumped the floor, which was a concrete floor. And when I did it, they were like, are you okay? What's wrong with you? I'm like, no, this is actually softer than rings in Japan. You have no idea. That was easy. And they were like, can you do that again? And I'm like, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, that's that's awesome. Do you think you'd like to do stuff like that again in the future? Cool. I would love to. Um, I generally think that I... I want to get into the stunt world. Like I started doing um, the qualification during the pandemic, mm. but everything was kind of like hit and miss because of what things you could do Person. and couldn't do because of COVID. Um, but it is a five-year course and everything. Um, but the British stunt coordinator, um, British stunt registrar, which I was um, on, and, and which is I'm trying to get more qualified in is very difficult um in terms of things that i've never done before like i've never done horse riding that was mm. a challenge um <laughs> i've i didn't really i wasn't really good at like gymnastics during school because i was a lot bigger so i kind of used to like shit out of it a lot so now i'm kind of kicking myself that i have to do stuff like that um but i did i'm learning archery i have a recurve oh, wow. bow wow. which is yeah no it was like i love my bow my I love my my bow was one of my things and I miss it so much. Um, but yeah, I would love to do more stunt work to to work with um, Marcus and to work with the crew at Pennyworth was amazing because they were very they didn't really know that much about professional wrestling, especially in the UK. So when this scene. There is, a, again, I, I, I think everyone should watch the episode. Um, there is a scene where they're speaking about professional wrestling and <laughs> they speak about whether or not it's uh, fixed or not. And you can just see all the colour drain from the characters' faces when they're talking about it because they're trying to prove to each other what's real and what's fake and how long they've got until they can do the, the robbery that they're going to do in the episode. And like when Giselle and I were there, we almost got to educate them on British wrestling and mm, the fact that oh, it was wow. actually it's still a thing and it still exists. Like yeah. there, I I even said to them like I was from the era of the fluffy boots when there was like seven female wrestlers and now there's like seventy. It's it's a whole different world, and um, like the the actual ring that they got for us uh, when it came to the, the actual venue in the studio, Giselle and I looked at it because they didn't do the ropes properly. And we're just like, no, 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 it's fine. We'll do it. And they're like, no, 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 oh, no. we'll fix it. No, 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 We're going to be bumping on this. So we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way that you set this up, somebody is going to die. Oh, <laughs> God. Yikes. An education then. Yeah. But it was like to meet the entire crew and to see the backstory. Well, it's, it's a whole different universe. Mm. To see that universe's backstory for Alfred is very interesting because it's like it's over cockneyfied and it's almost like <laughs> a, it really it's almost like a Bioshock kind of yeah, yeah, this yeah. world versus that world kind of thing. So I, I do recommend that everybody watch that. No, that's fascinating. Like I, I'm still watching it now. Yeah, and I, I oh. still replay my episode over and over again because I'm a mark for myself. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, look, I've, I've really enjoyed this, and thank you yeah. so much for your time. It's been absolutely great. Before you go, yeah. is anything you wanted to plug? Or oh, so if you guys want to check out everything that I'm doing, you can go to seedling.com or seedlinglive.com, which is the live stream for every show uh, produced for Seedling. You can also buy 
a path to that show which uh, lasts for months and you can continually play every, uh, that actual episode or that show for an entire month after you pay for that pass. Uh, if you also type in Amazon Aisha Ray into every social media platform, you get to see everything that I'm doing uh, because I am amazing and everyone should know this. <laughs> <laughs> and also if you do want to check out the episode for Pennyworth, it is Bleeding Hearts and it's Pennyworth Season 2. Oh, perfect. Nailed it. All right. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And best of luck for all your adventures in Japan. Thank you very much for speaking to me. And we're back. There we go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that one as much as we did. My thanks to Aisha for coming on and being so generous with her time. A really wonderful guest. And hopefully we'll get to speak to her again in due course as well. Uh, Going to be keeping an eye on Seedling now going forward, seeing that she's doing bits over there. And I suspect that she's going to be absolutely killing it back here on the uk scene when she eventually returns but you know if they keep on extending the deal why not stick and stealing you're doing great anyway friends um let us know what you think we'd love to hear your views your feedback drop us a line you can hit us on email wrestlingpod at gmail.com i just thought i'd switch up the order for anybody that listens week to week <laughs> that's wrestling about the e we're at wrestling pod on twitter and instagram again wrestling about the e wrestlingpod.com is where you need to go for all your links uh places to download you can check out both gareth and myself's personal twitter as well if you want to come hang with us on an individual basis that's absolutely fine and also you can find us on your podcast platform of choice if you would be so kind as to leave us a review or a rating we'd be very very grateful because that helps us secure more wonderful guests like the amazon so if you wouldn't mind doing that it takes a couple of minutes and really does actually stretch a long way you get a lot of value there so thank you very much in advance for that one and friends i think that's going to be it for the time being so have a wonderful weekend we'll see you next week and in the meantime stay happy stay safe and enjoy the craps. 